Good evening, church family. Can we celebrate the God's goodness today? Let's sing about his goodness. You 
You're so good to me, the song says. Amen. It says, I shout because you are so good to me. You're so good to me, Jesus. Heavenly Father, we thank you, Lord, that you are so good to me. You're so good to us, Lord. And we come together into this place, Lord, together as this congregation, Lord, to shout of your praises, Lord, to give you the honor and glory that you are due. Come on. Hey, church, this song just speaks to my soul, and I hope it does to you as well. It gives him the glory, and it tells him who he is in our lives. Why don't you sing this with us tonight, church? He's a firm foundation. Come on, sing it, say it. So Christ is my firm foundation. The rock on which I stand when everything around me is shaken. I've never been more glad that I put my faith in Jesus. He's never let me down. He's faithful through generations. So So I won't be
unto me all who are weary and heavy laden. He said, and I will give you rest. Thank you, Jesus. When these trials come, Lord, let us make you the firm foundation. Say, it's Jesus, that we get to come into this place, Lord. And we lay it all down at the foot of your cross, Lord, to sing these truths, Lord, that speak to our hearts, Lord, because they are that exact thing. Lord, they are truths, Lord, to remind us that you are an unfailing God, Lord, and that you are a, a good, good God. Thank you, Jesus. Because I love you, Lord. And all your mercy never fails me And all my days I've been held in your hand From the moment that I wake up Until I lay my head And I will sing Of the goodness of God 
Sing this with us all my life. All my life you have been faithful. All my life. All my life you have been so, so good. With every breath that I am able. Oh, I will see all the goodness of
just looking in this room, I, I get shaking to my core, knowing how good God is. The testimonies that are just in this room. The faithfulness of who God is in every life represented in this room. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord, for my brothers and my sisters, Lord, that stand in this place, Lord. For those watching from afar, Lord, that can testify, Lord, of your goodness. That are faithful to the cause of Christ. Because you're faithful, Lord, because you are good. Thank you, Jesus, for your goodness. Thank you, Lord, for how good you are. Thank you for your faithfulness, Lord. That no matter what happens in our life, Lord, that you are the firm foundation, Lord. Love that line, Lord. When rain came, wind blew, Lord. My house was built on you. Your goodness, surely your goodness and your faithfulness will follow me all the days of my life. And I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. Thank you. Thank you, Lord, for your goodness. Lord, I pray your spirit, Lord, your reviving spirit, Lord, over us. Lord, thank you that we get to come into this place, Jesus. Take that deep breath in, Lord, of your Holy Spirit. Lord, and just take you in, Lord, and just lay it all down at the foot of your cross. Lord, thank you for that gentle reminder, Lord how good you are. I love your voice, Lord. You have led me through the fire. I love your voice. Lord, that we would know your voice, Lord, in every step of the way, Lord. Lord, to know your voice, Lord, you have led me through the fire. Let us be sensitive to your voice tonight, Lord, that you would lead us tonight, Lord. That you would speak to us in a way, Lord, that would truly transform us tonight, Jesus. It's in your name we pray, Lord. Amen. Can we sing that one more time? Amen. All my life you have been faithful. Oh, I will sing of the goodness of God. Sing it. Say, all my life. Because all my life you have been faithful. You sing it because he's been faithful to you. All my life. So good, yes. With every breath that I am able, oh, I will sing of the goodness of God. Just one more time, because He loves to hear it. Come on, say all my life. Cause all my life you have been faithful. Oh yes, you have. All my life. All my life you have been so. Oh, good, with every breath that I am able, oh, I will sing of the goodness of God. Give him praise tonight. He deserves it. Amen. Thank you, Lord, for this time. Thank you for the sweetness of your breath. Lord, and the comfort of your your company, Lord, here with us, Lord. The comfort, Lord, of your touch. We can feel it here tonight, Lord. In Christ's name we pray. Amen. Welcome in, church.
Hey, well, we're celebrating what the Lord is doing tonight, church. Why don't we greet one another in his name, amen? Amen. Well, God is good. And all the time, yes, he is. We want to welcome you into the, the house of the Lord. This house, this address known as New Beginnings Church, we want to welcome you. My name is Michael Romero. I am your worship and arts pastor here at New Beginnings. And it is my joy to be with you here tonight. And Man, what a joy. It, we are still on cloud nine about what the Lord did this last weekend with our Easter and resurrection celebration beginning on Friday night with our Good Friday service and just how the Lord moved. And man, can we just celebrate our volunteers, every single one, starting from Friday night, from the front doors to security to our hospitality team to our children's, our youth, our worship. I mean, all the... Pastor, Pastor has this word that he calls them all. He calls them the two-by-fours, right? Some, some of them are the two-by-fours. There's a lot of people that you never know, right? Nobody ever gives credit to the two-by-fours in this building, but they're holding it up, right? And there's a lot of two-by-fours in this ministry that nobody ever knows the service that they do, right? The people that filled the eggs, right? Nobody ever knew what they did, but they filled the eggs, but... We want to give credit to credit to where credit is due, and every single one. And thank you so much for just an amazing weekend, church. We had just an amazing weekend, and we give God all of that glory. Amen. We thank you for participating in that. But church, um, just a couple of things that we have going on in that. Uh, it is springtime. We are all wearing white, right? Uh, we're wearing pastel colors, and many of you have been asking about... Um, outreach opportunities and you guys know us we never ever stop the outreach but when summer and springtime come it is i mean in full effect i mean we're talking tenfold than what we normally do and there's an outreach opportunity that we want you to take a part of some of you that have been asking hey when's the next one when's the next one when's the next one well there's one coming up on the 29th of april we are headed to Clagato, Arizona. And so for those of you that, that say, well, I want to do an outreach, but here, cool, we got some of those too. Don't worry. There's opportunities to, do, to, to minister here as well. But for those that say, hey, any of that that we want to participate, come and talk to us. It's going to be on April the 29th. We could use some extra hands. We need some children's workers. Uh, we need workers for the youth department. We need setup and teardown crew. Uh, we're going to do it in one day. And so we're going to set up basically a, a, a mobile church unit and go to Clagato, Arizona, and, and partner with them out there. And Pastor's going to elaborate a little bit more when he comes up here, just talk about what the Lord has been doing out in Clagato. But if you're interested in 
participating and volunteering in that ministry field in missions and getting kind of like a taste of what the Lord is doing outside of this that's one of our ministries that we support in Clagato. Please come and talk to us. Come and talk to uh, myself, Pastor Richard, Pastor Cindy, Sister Jessica, Brother David. We have some information for you how to sign up and do all those kind of things um, and get you some more information. But it's going to be on April the 29th. That is a Saturday. It's going to be an all-day ordeal. So if you would like to participate, know that it's going to take up that entire day on uh, April 29th, Saturday, April 29th. So we want to we want to make sure that that's something that you can commit to on that entire day, April the 29th. Amen? So if you're interested in doing something like that. Church, also want to remind you, men in the house, uh, men's breakfast did change a little bit this month. So we want to remind you that men's breakfast did skip one weekend. We're going to be on April the 15th. So it's going to be this Saturday. It will be indoors open at 745 so, men of God, bring another young man with you, another man in your life that you want to mentor and that you want to minister to and that you want to share some bacon with. And you guys can come in here and fellowship and just, and just share the word and share a good time in the Lord. It's a great time of fellowship. I encourage every man of God to grab one on the way in, to grab another man on the way in uh, to, to join us in that fellowship. Amen. And women of God, there's another, uh, there's a... Uh, Women of the Church of God, the CWC, uh, Christian Women's Connection event that's going to be happening on the 21st and on the 22nd. So if you're part of sisterhood, you've probably heard this, but we want to encourage every woman in this room to invite somebody. Uh, there's going to be a two-day seminar that's going to be for the Christian Women's Connection, and that's going to be April 21st and April 22nd. So that's a two-day event. And that's going to be with uh, Sister Gail Jolliffe is going to be our guest speaker. She's the first lady from the El Paso Church, our sister church in El Paso. And so if you have the opportunity to come to that, it's going to be just an amazing time. You can register out in the mall. You can see them out there with Sister Debbie Tate and Sister Sharon Delfeld. Uh, any funds that they are collecting for that, they are partnering with some recovery ministries to provide for women, uh, for women in need and just things that the women need in those homes. They're just partnering with um, recovery ministries, and it's just an amazing work that they're doing uh, with the Christian Women's Connection, and it's going to be a two-day event. So please register in the mall out there with Sister Debbie and Sister Sharon. So women, women of the church, uh, you just know that that's going to be a great, great event. Uh, church, and to remind you as well that our mobile food distribution will be uh, this Friday, the 14th at 12 p.m., and so volunteers, if you've got some spare time and you want to just roll on through, uh, we could use some volunteers beginning at 10 a.m. this Friday. So uh, church, those are some of the things happening as well. Don't ever, ever forget that for everything going on, you can always check our website or on our app. Um, a good use of our app, church, that I really want you to use tonight, Pastor Sermon, um, tonight, uh, you can follow along with his notes on the app. If you go to services and you go to more on the bottom right-hand center, uh, bottom right-hand corner, rather, and you can click on more and it says services and you find notes, you can follow along with his notes tonight. And that way you're not just writing everything down. Uh, if you wish to do that in addition to that, you can also do that. But that's a great resource for you to have. Okay? But church... Um, 
And also, there's this QR code that's behind me on this screen. And for those of you joining us from home, there's a QR code on your screen right now that in order for you to, if you want to connect with us in any way, like for instance, this Sunday is Child Dedication Sunday, and just an FYI, we have a couple slots available. So if you have a child that you've been thinking to dedicate and that's something that you might want to do, um, you might want to connect with us that way. You can scan this QR code behind me and you can connect with us that way that you can also submit your prayer request that way as well, okay? Um, and we encourage you to do that. Baptism is coming up at the end of this month. We encourage you to sign up for that as well. And that's a great way to connect with our front office. But just some of the things that are happening here at New Beginnings Church, I'm telling you, Easter service, uh, it just put us somewhere, church, where we are just ready to get out there and reach more and more and more souls for Christ. It's always been our number one. Amen. We can celebrate that because it's always been our number one mission, right? To heal and restore lives through the love of Jesus Christ. That's what we do here at New Beginnings. It's, that's the foundation of where we reach up, reach in, and reach out at New Beginnings, and we love it. And we thank you once again for partnering with us in everything that we do with those kind of outreaches. We could not do it without your faithful obedience and your tithe. And if you've not been able to do that tonight, I encourage you to do that. We have those giving boxes at every doorway here as well as, again, the ways to give are behind me on the screen and then on the screen that you, uh, in front of you at home. In case you want to do it digitally, you can text it in. You can do it via our app or our website. Okay, church? With that, I'm going to get out of your way because pastor has a fire sermon. I was trying to speed through that because I know pastor's, pastor's got this sermon, and it's a one that's on fire, church. Amen. He needs every minute available. So, pastor, why don't you come up and take the pulpit? Thank you, pastor. Thank you, church. And he's doing a great work. And we're believing God to do something great tonight. Thank you, my brother. So the youth are going to be having a bake sale this Sunday. If any of you that are bakers, cookies, cakes, cupcakes, and you want to bake something to donate to the youth for their fundraiser. Please talk to Brother David today afterwards. Or you could just bring it on Sunday and say, hey, I want to donate this to the youth. But it would be good if you could let him know. That way he can know for sure. David, that is today, uh, this Sunday, right? Yeah, so it's this Sunday. So if any of you could donate baked goods, it would be wonderful. Youth, you guys are dismissed to go tear it up in the youth room and encourage one another. We had six youth that gave their life to Jesus Christ last Wednesday. Isn't that awesome? I've been doing this series on the 23rd Psalm, and today's the last of that series. And we're going to be looking at Psalm 23, verse 6. It's the last verse of that passage. And in there, David is not worried about tomorrow. He's not worried about the future. Haven't you ever met some people that are constantly worried about tomorrow? They're constantly worried about the future. They're constantly worried, oh, what's going to happen? What's going to happen? Henny, penny, the sky is falling. You know what I mean? I mean, look. 
the reality is Jesus Christ is coming back, okay? And more and more things are pointing that he's coming back pretty soon. So you better be ready because ready or not, here he comes. So if you're not ready, you're gonna be left behind. And man, I don't know about you, I wanna make sure I, I get front row seat. So my ticket's already been paid for. I got the airline ticket, it's on Jesus Airline, and he paid for the ticket, and I'm gonna go, man, I'm going. So David is not worried. King David, the psalmist, is not worried. But he's helpful in his writing, and he's confident in his writing. So if you have your Bible, we're in Psalm 23, verse six. Surely your goodness and unfailing love will pursue me all the days of my life. Surely your goodness and mercy will follow me all the days of my life. And I will live in the house of the Lord forever. Thank you, Lord, for the promise in this short verse. The three things you're talking about, the three things of hope for us. I pray that we embrace them and that we live them out for your glory. And I pray this in Christ's name, amen. So he's saying how to live your life and how to face the future with confidence, how to face it with assurance, the assurance of his presence. And we're, we're confident about our future, number one, because God is watching over us. He says, your goodness and unfailing love are there. God's goodness is over me. And you need to understand that. He has spoiled me. I was talking to a bunch of people today in a meeting, and I was saying, God loves you. He loves us. But I'm his favorite, I told them. <laughs> and they kind of chuckled, and I said, now, that's not the truth because he loves us all, but he spoils me so much, I feel like I'm his favorite. God has truly been good. Your goodness and your mercy is from everlasting to everlasting. Your faithfulness is amazing. He says, surely your goodness, your goodness is over me. God is good and he wants what is good for us. He wants good for, what is, for his people and for his kingdom. He wants nothing but the best for you. Don't settle for second best. Don't settle for crumbs when he's offering you the meal. He's invited you to the banquet table. He's offering you the meal. He's not gonna give you the leftovers. He's not gonna give you the throwaway. He's gonna give you the main course. And he's saying goodness and mercy are following you. In Psalm 145, verse 20, it says, the Lord protects all those who love him but he destroys the wicked. He's saying, my protection is there for you. My goodness is there for you. God cares about the details of our life. He cares about the little things of our life. God's goodness is good. It's wonderful and it's there. Not only is goodness there and he's watching over us, but his goodness follows us. It follows us. You remember, he's talking to us as a shepherd. He's saying, the Lord is my shepherd. So he's putting a picture in our, our face, in our head, in our vision, in our life. And he's saying, God is our shepherd. He watches over us. He cares for us. He watches over us. We are sheep. Sheep are led. 
Sheep are guided. Sheep have to be literally led because sheep are really dumb. Don't you identify like a sheep? I know I do. I can really do some really dumb things. I think I'm a pretty smart guy overall. Yet I could do some things that I go, golly, what's wrong with me? Why did you do that, tonto? What's wrong with you? He's saying goodness will follow you. It's going to follow you. Things are going to work out. Things are going to work out, and, and the situation is going to be turned around. He says it this way in, in the book of Romans, chapter 8, verse 28, for we know that God causes everything to work together for good to those that love God and are called according to his purposes for him. He's saying, I'm going to work things out. I'm going to work things out. Even if you make a disaster out of it, if you let it go and release it to me, I'm going to work it out so that it will work out for my glory and it's going to work out for your life. Hasn't he done that for you? Hasn't he done things where you botched it up and you're, you're still married, right? Because he made the messes you made and he corrected them and he brought healing. You're still there. You're still there at work. Some of us should have been fired already. And yet God keeps giving us another chance. It's like the time Jesus was going to say, he says, I want to get rid of this fig tree. And the gardener goes, please, Lord, just give me one more season. Let me work on it one more season. God has given us more than one more season for us to get it together. And yet he keeps showing his love and his mercy and his goodness because goodness will follow you. Things will fall in place. It's hard to experience God's goodness when you're going through a tragedy or a hardship. But I'm telling you, when you look back afterwards, you can see that God was all over the place. You see it with Jesus. Jesus is dying on the cross and he says what? Lord, why have you forsaken me? The first time Jesus ever felt that God had turned his back on him, and it wasn't that he turned his back on him, he turned his back on the sin that he took on his life for us. It was our sin, and God felt, Jesus felt that, that brokenness that sin causes, but his goodness was there. His goodness saw it through. His goodness brought him through. How about Paul? Paul's imprisoned, and Paul from prison, when you read the epistles of, of Paul and the prison epistles, the ones where he wrote when he was in prison, man, in Philippians, he's saying, man, I can't believe how God is. I got locked up for preaching the word. I didn't even do anything wrong. I didn't break the law. I'm not a, I'm not a crook. I'm not a, a, a thief. I'm not a, I'm not a criminal. Yet I'm preaching Jesus and they lock me up. But this is awesome. I haven't had time to write because I've been so busy. So now I have time to write and I'm locked up with the Praetorian guards. That's like the secret service. And I have one on each side and I get to tell them about Jesus all day long and they're getting saved left and right. And God, I'm not able to write this letter. And he's saying, rejoice in the Lord always. Again, I say rejoice. And he's writing that from prison. He's saying, even in the darkest of your circumstances, his goodness and mercy follows us all the days of our life. And we go, hallelujah, God. Thank you. Thank you, Lord, that you were there with me. So even though you might not feel God, 
He's there. Even though you can't see his hand, I'm telling you, you could trust it. He has not abandoned you. He's right there because goodness and his unfailing love follow us all the days of our life. Another thing is that God watches over us through his angels. Do you know that there really are angels? There's angels. There's godly angels and there's demonic angels, the demons. And the demons were all godly angels at one time, but Satan and all his crew got thrown out of heaven. And they are, they're spirits. Some people say, do you believe in ghosts? Well, I don't believe in them, but I believe they exist because those are spirits. They're spirits. If we had the ability to see in the spirit, spiritual right now, we could see spirits floating around here. The reason we have praise and worship is to get the demonic ones out of here. Because one of the first ones that shows up to church is Satan and his crew. He wants to distract you. He wants to mess with your head. He wants to tell you, yeah, right, like if you could believe that. Can you really believe that? Doesn't that sound stupid? All things work together for good. Those that love the Lord and are called according to his purpose. Yeah, right, yeah, all things work together for good. You're in a mess. Well, you're the one that created the mess, but if you get your hand off of it, God can turn it around. Our biggest problem is we don't let go. It's like you, you can't take it till you finally let go. When are you going to let it go? Let go and let God. But no, we, we, we still like, God, are you sure you can really do? You know, I know you're real busy and I better take it. Never mind. I'll take it. I'll take it. Yeah, you'll take it right back to a deeper place and we already have it. See, God gives us angels. In Psalm 91, just read all of Psalm 91. That's an amazing passage. But look at verse 11. Well, he will, he will order his angels to protect you wherever you go. Isn't that an amazing promise? His angels are going to be there. Now, I've gone through some crazy stuff in life. I'm talking ministry since I became a pastor. I owned three guns from people that were going to shoot me. I talked them out of it, led them to Jesus Christ. One became a pastor. Another one is a Christian leader. And man, I have the guns to prove it. Now, man, Cindy used to tell me, Eho, Richard, your poor guardian angels, when they change shifts, they're probably all like, <laughs> Another day like that, well, I said, Mansfield, that local, he's crazy, man. He goes into the hood. He goes right into the war zone. He goes into where all the bullets are flying. He goes where people are strung out. He goes where people are getting divorced. He goes where people are fighting. He goes where people are needing Jesus. And he preaches Jesus in the midst of that. But look at us. We're all banged up protecting him. That's the kind of God we serve. He protects you. He sends angels. You don't just have one guardian angel. And angels aren't all foo-foo-y and, oh, look how pretty. No, man, they're like, man. I don't know if you're into WWE wrestling, but angels are like Braun Strowman. Oh, my gosh. Lars Sullivan. The reason I know, though, I'm not even into wrestling, but my grandson is, and he educates me. Now, I know you ladies know who The Rock is. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, Dwayne Johnson. 
shame on you. Thou shalt not lust. But those are the kind of angels he gives us. Muscle bound, strong. They have to fight off the demons. They got to protect us. They got to shield our body, our mind, and our soul. They got to watch over us. Angels are invisible helpers. Angels don't become, uh, human beings don't become angels at death. I know we say that all the time. Oh, now my grandma's my angel. My mom's my angel. You know what? That's not true. The Bible says that when we die and go to heaven, we're even higher than the angels. You see, in the book of Psalm, chapter 8, verse 5, it says, yet you made them only a little lower than God and crowned them with glory and honor. He's talking about us, that we are even above all the angels. So I don't know what kind of rank we have in heaven, but all I know is the only one above us is Jesus and God, and Jesus, we're co-heirs with Jesus. So whatever God gave Jesus, he gave to us, and he's given us angels. Jesus could have called down 10,000 angels to watch over him. He could have called down 10,000 angels to take him off the cross. But yet he chose not to because he chose the cross. The cross wasn't forced on him. He took it because he, he had you on his mind. He had me on his mind. Man, angels are spirit beings. They're invisible. We can't see them, but we can see their results. Look, about, I don't know, I want to say a year ago, maybe a year and a half ago, we had just moved into this building <laughs> And I was having a prayer meeting for pastors and we were in the youth sanctuary. And we're praying in there and having worship and praise and praying. And all of a sudden we hear some screaming. And the screaming is my wife. And at the time it was our front desk secretary. I had sent her over to Albert's to go get some sweets to give the pastors afterwards. We're going to have coffee and some fruit and some donuts or whatever they went to get. Well, she's coming back. She's pushing a cart with stuff. This man's following her. And my wife happens, just happened to, at that time, come out, and she sees this guy following the, our secretary at the time, and this man's starting to kind of speed up. And so Cindy, my pastor Cindy, goes, oh, my gosh, that guy. And about that time, he pulls out a club about this long, and he's starting to chase her. So Cindy pushes the door open. She goes, Rose, get in here. And she gets the basket, and she pulls Rose in, and she gets Rose out of the way. And right when she pulls Rose out of the way, this guy takes a swing at my wife, and she moved out of the way and shattered the whole front door, the glass. And then he went after my wife a second time, and she ducked again, and she ran into the building. But now they can't close the door because he's holding the door. So Rose and Cindy run in the building, and they're screaming. Meanwhile, we're trying to come out because we're hearing screaming. We didn't know what was going on. And this guy's trying to get in the building, and he's going like this, and he's kicking, and he's punching and kicking. But there was like a force shield Something would not allow him to come into the building. Now, we saw it on the video. We saw the video afterwards. Because I go, golly, Cindy's there. He was trying to get in. And 
God just held him back, Richard. He held him back, and Pastor Mike pulled up the video, and, and we're watching the video, and he's punching the air and kicking the air, but he couldn't get beyond the threshold of the door because the hand of God kept him from doing that. God's guardian angels protected him. He protected Cindy. He protected Rose and all of us in the building. So they called the police, and they ended up catching him way down by the ditch by the freeway. And it was like, man, this dude was out to hurt some people. God's angels protect us. You see it throughout the Bible. You see it in Daniel chapter six. Remember Daniel? He got thrown in the lion's den? Dude, we're talking lions, not lion, lions. And he wasn't a lion when he said that. Oh, that was kind of... I know, it was corny, but it sure sounded funny in my head. But listen, he's in the lions, and the next day, the king liked Daniel, and he was kind of bummed out, like, man, I like that young guy. I don't want to lose him, but now he went against my edict, and they're going to... Well, he's going to be all chewed up and just uh, mangled and just a skeleton left. When he looked in the pit, Daniel's looking up, and the lions are all chill. Now, these weren't tame lions. This wasn't Ringley Brothers Circus. This is the real stuff. They used to demolish and chew up and eat Christians and eat, well, they weren't Christians then, but they were godly people. Yet God in his infinite wisdom sent angels to protect Daniel. You remember in 2 Kings chapter 6, you see Elijah. And Elijah's servant is like, Elijah, we're going to get killed. They, we are so massively outnumbered, it's It's crazy. And Elijah says, can't you see what I see? And he goes, no. He goes, Lord, open his eyes. But mainly open the eyes of the enemy. And Elijah's servant sees that there's this massive army surrounding the enemy. Chariots, angels of chariots and warriors and and." The eyes of the enemies were open, and they took off running. He protected them. Angels protect us in dangerous circumstances. Read Acts chapter 27 when you see Paul that was shipwrecked and how the angels watched over him and protected him and saved him. You see that angels guard us against discouragement and despair. There could be times that you're going through a really difficult time and all of a sudden, God ministers powerfully. My sister sent me a picture. She lives in El Paso, and this little six-year-old kid walked into a fast food place, and there were three police officers there. And the little boy ran up to him and said, please, officers, can I pray for you? And the officer said, yes. She said that that little boy prayed. She goes, 
oh my gosh, Richard, that little boy prayed heaven. He prayed heaven, and he prayed protection over those officers. And he says those officers were all emotional afterward. Why? Because God uses the simplest things to minister to us. And we can be confident about our future because God's grace is working in us. His grace works in us. In Psalm 23, verse 6, it says, Surely your goodness and your mercy, your unfailing love will pursue me all the days of my life. His mercy, his grace, his love watches over us. In Isaiah chapter 60, verse 10, it says, Foreigners will come to rebuild your towns and their kings will serve you. But though I have destroyed you in my anger, I will now have mercy on you through my grace. You see, God had gotten so tired of the people of God rejecting him and ignoring him and walking away from him and completely going to foreign gods and to other idols that he said, oh, you want to to live like that? Then go ahead and live in your own captivity. And that's what happens to us. And that's what's going to happen to America because we have made a lot of foreign gods and we have made idols out of a bunch of things and a bunch of people. We have made idols out of political parties. We have made idols out of political figures. We have made idols out of of even Christian preachers. Oh, they're they're the most anointed preacher. You know what? They truly might be the most anointed preacher, but you are not to elevate them above Jesus. We elevate things in the wrong way, in the wrong places. God wants him to be lifted up. He said, if I be lifted up, I'll draw all men unto me. That's not you elevating a man or a woman or, or a movie star. Now movie stars, oh, whatever they said, that's what I'm going to do. Oh, get real. Some movie stars don't even know how to find them way out of a room. <laughs> I mean, we have to really understand that grace is God's riches at Christ's expense. The word grace, G-R-A-C-E, God's riches at Christ's expense. In other words, he's giving you his love. He's given us his son. We didn't deserve it, yet he gave us his riches at Christ's expense. We have salvation But we don't just have salvation from going to hell. We have salvation from living hell on earth. He gives us peace of mind. You might be going through a trying time in your life, yet he gives you peace. He gives you the assurance of his presence. You go, God, you're so good to me. Thank you that how you watch over me. He gives us his mercy. Mercy is that grace in action. It's undeserved favor. It's undeserved love. We need it because of our imperfections. We stumble and fall and fail. We mess up. (coughs) We do some really dumb things. Yet God forgives us. We need his forgiveness. We need his pardon. We need his healing. We need his restoration. 
We need his transformation. God paid for our sin on the cross, and he doesn't have to get up there again. We don't have to get even. He doesn't have to get even. Aren't you glad God doesn't get even? Man, if God zapped us, we don't have a chance. How many of you have tried to fight God? You've been all mad and you're like, I don't, even, I don't even talk to him anymore. And he talks to you and you hear him, oh my gosh, and you hear him so much, it drives you crazy. Why do you love me so much? You're showing me all this love and I'm mad at you. I'm, I'm not talking to you right now, God. Yes, you are. You're telling him you're not talking to him. You're talking to him while you're not talking to him. I'm not talking to you while you just talk to him. I'm not listening to you. You sure did. That's why you know he's talking to you. You see, in Psalm 103, verses 2 through 11, he says, let all that I am praise the Lord. May I never forget the good things he does for me. He forgives all my sins and heals all my diseases. He goes, don't ever let me forget what he does. Well, he starts off by saying, he forgives me and he heals me. He redeems me from the death and crowns me with love and tender mercy. He fills my life with good things. My youth is renewed like the, like the eagles. And the Lord gives righteousness and justice to all who are treated unfairly. And he revealed his character to Moses and his deeds to the people of Israel. And the Lord is compassionate and merciful, slow to get angry and filled with unfailing love. He will not constantly accuse us nor remain angry forever. He does not punish us for all our sins. He does not deal harshly with us as we deserve for his unfailing love towards those who fear him is as great as the highest of the heavens above the earth. So when you come to terms with the fact that God is in control of your life and God is in control and you surrender that control, then he's not out there trying to get you and you realize that, you realize, man, God is so good to me. He's faithful to me. He watches out for me. He takes care of me. Haven't things ever just fallen flat on your lap and you're like, man, and people go, how did you get that? You're like, you know, I was just sitting here and it just happened. No, but really, I mean, who did you have to talk to? God. No, no, come on, but who did you, who did you, whose ring did you have to kiss? God's. Whose apple did you have to polish? God. He said, I'm the apple of his eye. I, I'm just sitting here living for him, and he just lavishes me with love. Man, that's why we got to come to him boldly, come to him with confidence. God's on call 24-7. He doesn't say, oh, my gosh, what do you want now? Aren't you glad God doesn't get frustrated with us like we get frustrated? Sometimes we get frustrated with ourselves, let alone with other people. But mercy follows us all the days of our life. It's like a mother picking up after her kids' messes. You poor moms and dads también. Don't think it's just you ladies. Dads help out too. But man, you, you clean the house. 
And finally, they all go to bed, and you look around, and the house is a mess. And you ask them, clean that up before you go to bed. They go, yeah, yeah, yeah. And they, they didn't clean it up. So you clean everything up, and in the morning, you finally go to bed, and the house is spick and span, and you wake up in the morning, and you're like, oh, thank you, Lord. The house is clean. And then they wake up, and it's no longer clean. And you're like, oh, man. That's God. He goes around picking up our messes. He goes around picking up our messes. He's, he's, he's putting things back in place where they belong. He says, man, you, you left that out. You, you forgot to do this. You forgot to do that. Or, or, or you didn't take that with you. It's important that you walk out of the house with this so God brings it to you. God doesn't turn his goodness and mercy on and off. Wouldn't that be a drag? Oh, thank you for your kind of faithfulness. Thank you that you're kind of good. No, he is good all the time. His goodness and mercy follows me all the days of my life. He doesn't turn it on and off. He doesn't flip a switch. See, you've got to experience good days and bad days, sick days, sick days, depressing days, difficult days, and good days, and all the way through, God is with you. So sometimes you have a challenging day. If you look at the life of Jesus, he had some challenging days. He had some days that he was just a little bummed out. It says in the Garden of Gethsemane, when he was going to have to go to the cross, he finally said, Lord, can't this cup pass from me? Can I not have to go through this? Can I really not have to die for these idiots? Now, he didn't call them idiots, but he said, okay, God, do I really have to do this? And you know what God said? No. But what's your assignment? He said, God, forgive me. Not my will, but your will be done. See, Jesus had to realign. You will experience some challenging times. Sometimes you might not feel like it, but he is there. He's there to see you through. God doesn't lie. When he says, I've got you, he's got you. We play the what if game with him. Well, what if this and suppose this, God, and suppose that, and what if this happens, and what if that happens? Haven't you ever been ministering to somebody, and they go, well, well what about this? And what if this happens? And, and, and what about that? And you feel like saying, come on, man, quit playing games. But it's because they've been so broken. God's goodness will provide and protect. God's goodness will watch over you. God's mercy will pardon you and forgive you. God's goodness will supply. God's mercy will soothe you. God's goodness will help you. God's mercy will heal you. Sheep are led and guided. Cattle are driven and pushed. We're not cattle. We're sheep. Let him lead you and guide you. His goodness will watch you all the days of his life. Goodness and mercy goodness and unfailing love. They're the sheepdogs that are keeping you where you need to be. So remember, picture the painting that he wrote for us. The Lord is my shepherd and I shall not want. He leads me beside the still waters. Man, along the green pastures or along the fields. In other words, can you see it? And can't you see it? And you're, you're the sheep. We're all there bunched together. And we're kind of roaming around, and, and there's two sheepdogs. 
and there's the Lord watching over us. But goodness and mercy are rounding us up. Goodness and mercy are chasing us and following us all the days of our life. Goodness and mercy are those dogs saying, hey, I got you, I got you, I got you, I got you. I haven't taken my eye off of you. And God sends his goodness and mercy after us to keep us where we need to be. And we could be confident about our future because heaven is waiting for us. Heaven is waiting for us. He says right there at the very end of verse six, and I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. Hallelujah, amen. I'm going to heaven. I'm not a citizen of Albuquerque, New Mexico. I'm not a citizen of the United States. Even though I'm an American citizen, I am a citizen of heaven first and foremost. I'm going home. I'm only passing through. I'm only here for a while. I don't know how long that while might be. I might live another 20, 30 years. But you know what? All I know is this is not my final destination. My journey is to heaven. I'm heaven bound. So you could, when I die, you could just hear that song. I'll fly away, oh glory, I'll fly away. When I die, hallelujah, by and by, I'll fly away. One bright morning, when this life is over, I'll fly away. Because I'm going to heaven. That's where you and I are supposed to be going. In 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 1, it says, For we know that when this earthly tent that we live in is taken down, that is, that when we die and leave this earthly body, that we will have a house in heaven, an eternal body made for us by God himself and not by human hands. Isn't that promising to see? Isn't that promising to know that God has made a house for us? God doesn't make junk. Jesus Christ was a carpenter. And he's going to do a finished carpentry work for you. And you're going to get there, and you're not going to have to inspect it. It's going to be perfect. And you're going to go home, and you're going to be there. And how long is this home? Forever. And how long is forever? Forever and ever and ever. Where are you going to spend eternity? Eternity is longer than a sermon. (laughs) Oh, my gosh, is he ever going to shut up? It's longer than that. Eternity is longer than when you finally give in and you go, okay, babe, you pick the movie, and she picks a chick flick, and you're like, oh, my gosh, is this movie ever going to end? Eternity is longer than that. Eternity is forever and ever and ever. In 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 6 through 8, it says, So we are always confident, even though we know that as long as we live in these bodies, that we are not at home with the Lord, for we live by believing and not by seeing. We live by faith, not by sight. And we're confident. Man, if you're not ready to live, today you can start. Because you're not ready to live until you're ready to die. When you die to yourself, you really begin to live. Heaven's this amazing place. You're going to be rewarded for your service and your faithfulness. He's going to say, well done, my good and faithful servant. You'll be reunited with loved ones. 
You'll be reassigned a job that you love to do. We have jobs up in heaven, stuff to do up in heaven. In the book of Revelation, chapter 21, verse 4, it says, He will wipe away every tear from your eye, and there will be no more death or sorrow or crying or pain, because all these things are gone forevermore. Heaven's made for his children. Are you ready? Are you ready? In 1 Peter chapter 1, verse 4 through 6, it says, We have a priceless inheritance an inheritance that is kept in the heaven for you, pure and undefiled, beyond the reach of change and decay. And though, and through your faith, God is protecting you by his power until you receive this salvation, which is ready to be revealed on the last day for all to see. So be truly glad, he says, that there's a wonder that... There is wonderful joy ahead, even though you must endure many trials for a little while. Oh, you might be going through some difficult times, but I'm telling you, God's got something great. Earth is not home. Heaven is home. We live here. We invest our lives here. But we need to invest our spiritual life in heaven. Everything's on loan from God. You need to say, thank you, Father. Some of you have never come to make that decision. You still kind of, you come to church, you try to be good, you try to do good deeds. And you go, I'm a good guy. You know, I'm a good woman. I'm a good man. I do good things. And God's saying, it's not about doing good things. It's about surrendering your life to me. Some of you have never, ever given your life to Jesus. And if you want to do that tonight, Say, Pastor, that's me. I've never done that. Anyone here want to receive Christ as Savior and Lord and you've never done that? Yeah, amen. Amen. Anyone else? Anyone else? And maybe you've been really far from God. Maybe you've walked away from God. And tonight you want to rededicate your life and say, God, i just been half-stepping it and I've been all messed up and... I don't even think you want me back. God wants you back. I don't even think you can forgive me. God can't forgive you. I don't even think you want to forgive me. He wants to forgive you. And if you want to rededicate your life and say, God, I really want to rededicate my life, raise your hand and say, that's me. I, 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 amen, amen. So those of you that raised your hand, we want to pray with you because this is a great moment in your life. You're saying... I know I've slipped up, but now I've stepped up. So stand with me, those of you that raised your hand, because we're going to pray for you. Praise the Lord. Let's pray. For those of you that raised your hand, stand up. Heavenly Father, pray with me, church. Heavenly Father, tonight I rededicate my life, and I receive you as Savior and as Lord. Strengthen me. Empower me. Let me live victoriously. I pray in Jesus Christ's name. Amen. Pastor Chris has some material to give you some encouragement. Pastor. Brother, praise God, man. I'm going to give you some knuckles here. Amen. Amen. We're going we're gonna to anoint him and believe God to do something great.
guys come up and stand around him. Brother, we anoint you in the name of the Father, Son, Holy Spirit. God, we're believing that that which you have begun, you will bring to completion. Lord, you know what my brother's missing. You know what he's been holding on to and what he hasn't held on to. So in the name of Jesus, we pray empowerment. We pray healing. We pray restoration. We pray you forgive him of all his sins and fill him with the Holy Spirit in Jesus' name. Amen. Praise God. God bless you guys. Follow Pastor Chris. Follow Pastor Chris. God bless you all. We love you. God bless you guys. This is an exciting day. Look, some of you are like, I, I, need, to, I need a recharge. I need an uplift. So I encourage you to come to the altar right now. I love this song. All my life you have been faithful. All my life you have been good. All my life, even when I wasn't, you are. Stand with us and let's pray. If you want prayer, please come up. We have some time. Let God minister to you. Let God speak to you. Let God fill you. Sing it out. I love your voice. You have led me through the fire. In the darkest night. You are close like no other. I've known you as a father. I've known you as a friend. And I have Oh, sing it out. Sing it out and say it. All my life you have been faithful. All my life you have, Lord. All my life you have been so, so good. With every breath that I am faithful. Oh, I will. About what? Of who? Amen. <laughs> Seek it out again. God, we just sang that as a prayer. We have proclaimed and we have testified that all my life you have been faithful. All my life you have been good. Lord, your goodness and mercy follow us all the days of our life. God, I pray right now for every individual in this room and everyone watching online that God, they would know in their knower that you are there with them that you have not abandoned them, that you're going to see them through. God, give us that breakthrough. Give us that moment 
that moment we've been praying for, that moment we've been believing you for. God, let it happen right now. Break the chains right now. Break the stubbornness right now. Break the mindset right now. Let us experience the goodness and mercy of God. And I pray this in Jesus' glorious name and God's people shout out, amen. We love you, church. Hey, before you leave, I want you to go to at least two people that you do not know and say, I'm so glad you came today. God bless you. Encourage somebody on the way out. 